to. I start every message out during the summer in the Psalms with this say, saying, because I really do believe that it has been the, the foundation for this series. It's this. Jesus' call is transformation of life, not affirmation of identity. Jesus' role is not to come alongside of you and say, I want to just be attached to what you've already got going and I'm going to make you better. Jesus' goal, God's goal is to transform your life. It's to enhance who you are in his glory. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, I put out a little video this morning just encouraging you because we talked about distractions last week, that how we will allow the enemy to distract us, um, both inside and outside of church, where we, where we don't hear the word of God, where people, uh, where we, we allow the distractions. The enemy's biggest goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, and we allow the enemy to, to do that in our lives. And I really believe that the biggest reason why he wants to distract us is because he doesn't want us to recognize the glory of God in our life. Come to church all day long. Hear the word of God all day long. You, you know that uh, within 48 hours, you will forget over 90% of what is said in a, in a message, statistically speaking. Okay? So, so what I speak, I, I, I understand the value of the words I speak, but I also know that that the average person does not, like you're not going to remember all of these points. You're not going to remember all of these scriptures. There, there may be one thing that you grab a hold of in the message, and it, and it, and it grabs a hold of you. But, but the enemy's goal is to make sure that you don't get anything, not only out of a message, but out of uh, your Bible time. He'll, he'll get you. Listen, you'll never think about groceries until you start reading your Bible. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, I need to put a shopping list together. You start praying, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, I haven't caught up on this series. Like, think about it. This is not coincidence that the things that are going to attach you to the glory of God and to his presence are the very things that you get distracted the easiest about. The shirt I'm wearing says his glory alone. Uh, there's a, a Christian hip-hop artist by the name of KB, okay? Uh, he, he has a podcast as well called Southside Rabbi with his good friend Amin. And uh, I've talked about that podcast. I encourage you. Uh, my, my wife is not a big fan of them just because they talk over each other a lot and they get excited and, and, and you got to really just like, you know, tune all. If you, so if you don't like people like being excited and talking over, that's not your podcast, okay? But, but I like it and it also challenges me because sometimes they talk about subjects that are a little, um, they're probably not subjects that I would bring up necessarily on a podcast, but they're two black gentlemen, so they can. Um, and, and so they talk about things and from their viewpoint, and it's not all about race, but they have a biblical point of view on a lot of things, and they bring in great pastors and leaders to, to uh, speak on the podcast. But his, his whole thing, he has this group, or his, his saying, his mantra, I guess you could say for life, is HGA. His glory alone. You'll see it on some of my other shirts that I bought from them, from Native Supply. Um, and, and the reason why is that that's his driven focus. That his number one goal is not to become this, this amazing Christian rapper, which he is, or, or a great speaker, or leader, or pastor, which he is in, within his church, um, to, to, to be a great father, which, you know, by all means, I would imagine he is, or a great husband. But the number one focus of his life is to show and point people to Jesus and to point people to God and say, it is not for my glory, but it's for God's glory, which I do everything. So somewhere in the Psalms, how does that tie in? Psalms 111 verse three says this, everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. 
his righteousness never fails. Everything that, that, that happens, everything that God is a part of is for his glory alone. And, and that may seem, you know, from our finite human minds, we wouldn't like that about anybody else. You know, we wouldn't want to say, you know, everything that Rodney does is for his glory alone. That would sound a little prideful and arrogant and pompous. But see, the great thing about God is it's not about building up an arrogance of God. It's that he is the creator. He, he created everything. With a voice, he spoke the world into existence. With the, with the voice, he spoke universe and, 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 and animals and plants and trees. The only thing he did not speak into existence was us. He formed us. The Bible says that, that he, he reached down and in the dirt, he, he, he formed man and called him Adam. But everything he does, the psalm says, he does to reveal his glory and majesty. Spiritual maturity is simply concentrating and focusing on the person of God until we are caught up in his majesty and glory. To mature in faith, to grow in God, is simply to say, my number one focus is God. It's, it's not, to, you know, like I... I I've got to be careful when I get into this realm because sometimes I'll really either step on toes or, or call people out, and I, I, I don't like to do that all the time. Um, and it's none of y'all. Uh, but, but I believe there's enough pastors out there that try to tell you that you need to make the best version of you. You just need to find the better version of you. You need to, you need to it's all about you. Can I tell you that's a lie? It, it really is. The Bible says that your purpose is his glory. Your purpose is his presence. The reason why you were created, the reason why you're here on earth, the reason why you find joy in life is for the glory of God. The end goal of our life is to live for the glory of God. Everything he does. Guess what? You are something he did. You weren't an accident. Like, oh God, I made a, ah, I made a sky. Oh, what am I, not the sky, but sky. Sky land, I guess I should say. He doesn't, he wasn't like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? Like God's not confused. What am I going to do with her now? I got to give her a purpose. No. God created you on purpose. For a purpose. And your main purpose is his glory. And so everything we do, everything that we do should be the singular focus, the, the main focus. I, I always say it this way, that you should keep the main thing the main thing. And we get so sidetracked in church on all these little things. And, you know, well, well, do you need to be baptized to get to heaven? Do you need to speak in tongues? Do you need to be Pentecostal or Baptist or uh, Lutheran or Methodist or Catholic? Or what do, you, what, what, what do I need to be? What kind of title do I need? What about Jesus. If you look at the Bible, it says that they, they didn't even care to be called Christians. They're just followers of Jesus. And so we, we, we focus so much on all these things that, mean, that matter very little when the end goal of our life is to glory in God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, does that cover everything? Whatever you do. Do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to the Jews or the Gentiles or the church of God. 
I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do it, do what's best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. Man, that's, that, go, that flies in the face of a lot of our cultural teaching. Because culture teaches us, get yours. Be the best version of you for you. You gotta go, you gotta, listen, it's survival of the fittest. And the reality is, is that God is, is absolutely the different side of culture. He says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whether, whether you go to the park, whether you're a plumber, a banker, a business owner, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And, and I can't tell you how, to, how that looks every single day and everything that you do, but, but how many know that when you treat people right, you start to shine God off to people? See, God's glory isn't this magical thing that once you get this certain feeling, and, and I think that's the other problem with the church is that we make God a feeling, and, 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 and so we start chasing down emotions or we start chasing down a, a feeling or an atmosphere. We start chasing these things down, and when we don't get it, we go, well, God must not be here. And I believe that God can be found in the emotional. I believe that God can be found in the atmosphere. But I also believe that God can be found in the most mundane basics of Mondays. You could be just going through your day and God can be there. Because his glory isn't defined just by what we want and how we feel. Look at what Paul says. He says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. Now, some of you people pleasers are like, see, trying to hate on me. I like to make people happy. Now, listen, this is what he's saying. Because you got to follow through the whole thing. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others. Why? There's a purpose. So they may be saved. See, the goal of, of relationship, the goal of, of people, isn't just to go, oh, man, I just want to be liked. I just don't want anybody mad at me. Because Jesus says plenty of times, I didn't just come to bring peace, that, 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 that father and, and son will be against each other at times because of belief systems. It all comes back to his glory. It all comes back to, to his purpose. And, and, and the reason why Paul is saying, listen, if, if, if I need to sit down and, and talk about something I don't, could care less about, but it's going to get me an invite to the table to talk with Rodney about Jesus, then so be it. And really, if you study what this scripture is about, a lot of them were uh, having issues because Jews don't eat pigs and Gentiles do. That's what it really boils down to. That the Jewish side of Christianity was like, you sinners, you eat bacon. That's unkosher. And the Gentile people was like, yeah, but have you ever had bacon? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you had it, you'd be on our side too. <laughs> Kosher or not. Uh, and, and Paul comes alongside and he says, listen, it's not about what you eat or drink. It's about the purpose of God's glory in your life. We're fighting. Over, listen, you think the church nowadays has issues with some of the splits that we have in, in the modern day church? They were splitting over bacon. I would love to have that fight in the church. Our fight would not be bacon, no bacon. It would be bacon, more bacon. The most bacon. Does it need to be thick or thin or crunchy or soft? Ugh, soft bacon. Just, just throwing that out there. But this is, this is what he's saying. Listen, it's not about people pleasing and it's not about people at all. It is about the glory of God. 
Do you do things because you have to, or do you do things because there's a purpose behind it? Do you treat people nice because you just don't want to get socked in the face, or do you treat people nice because the godliness in you? And sometimes there's a thin line between the two. But I love to hear stories when people go, man, I know like a year ago, that dude would be laying on the ground, but I know that there's something, and you may not even be able to name it. You may not even be able to say, well, I know that's God, but you know that God's working in you. And it's because you're chasing after the glory of God. You're chasing after his personage. Listen, it would, it, it would be like if I knew Rodney had like $5 million in the bank. Some of you are going, I need to be friends with Rodney. See, but that's the point, right? If I knew he had that kind of money, all of a sudden I start to ease up on and like, hey, bro, what's up? How you doing? I start to get close to him. And I start, I'm going to change. Listen, if, if he likes plumbing, I like plumbing. If he's a Razorback fan, I'm a Razorback fan. Man, because you know, I'm not a Razorback fan, by the way. Um, just calm down. Um, I'm a Longhorns fan. Um, that's right. Yes, sir. Okay. But, but here's the, see, but do you see how, how all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm going to cozy up so I can get something. And we treat God sometimes that way. I'm going to cozy up to God so that I can get something from him, from his hand and from his person. Listen, the only thing I want from God is a relationship with him. All I want from God is, is to know that, that I am sitting in his presence and I'm learning and I'm learning to be like him and to be the, the person that he wants for me. So here's a couple of thoughts for you this morning about the glory of God. The first thought is this, it's not about you. Say that out loud, it's not about me. Hopefully at some point you'll believe that. Because listen, the reality, we, we get told that it is about me. It's about me. Could you imagine if your birthday came around and nobody, nobody said happy birthday? Some of you already are thinking about like the pity party you would throw. You'd be the biggest Eeyore. Ooh, no money loves me. Ooh, I might as well just walk off a cliff because it's all about me. I hate to break it to you. In the scheme of things, now listen, if it's your birthday, you should be honored and loved and cherished and, and celebrated. Um, but, but at the end of the day, the Bible says it's not about you. Life is not, the, the world does not revolve around you. Can I tell you actually where you fall in line with the focus? You fall in line third in the focus of your life. Because listen, if you go back to 1 Corinthians 10, where it says, okay, that first and foremost, I do everything for the glory of God. That's first. Then I try to live my life for others. Because I don't just want it to be what's best for me. I do what's best for others. So he puts others in front of himself. So he says, I, I live for the glory of God. I live for the presence of God. I put others in front of myself, and I'm third. God's glory drawing others than you. And listen, can I tell you this? That even at the core of it, when, when, that, when we hear that, we go, ugh. Because, I mean, it's like naturally in us like to go, oh, put others in front of me? Like I can get the God part, like God first, but ooh, others. Like, mm. Can I tell you that when you do the first one right, when you're connected and tuned into God's presence and his purpose for your life, putting others first 
before yourself, it doesn't become hard. It actually becomes more natural because you start to look for opportunities where you can show others the God that's inside of you. Because when you are in tune with God's presence and in tune with God's spirit, God is going to put his belief system, his purpose, his word inside of you. And you're going to go, man, I want to get this out. I want to show people the goodness of God and the glory of God. And I want them to see this thing that I live so passionately for. I want to get it out and and putting others will become natural and you will have no problem being the third person in the wheel of focus. But when we make being a follower of Jesus the, the, the main thing, we don't get tripped up on the order. When I realize that my life is first most to glorify God, it frees me to the will of God. You want to know the will of God in your life? Stop chasing the will of God. Start chasing God. Stop, stop like, oh, I've got to know my purpose. Just find Jesus. Just fall in love with God. You know, it's, it's like being in a relationship and you're like, I'm trying to find the perfect relationship. I'm trying to find, listen, if you just like, if you just recognize to enjoy the moments that you're in and stop trying to make it something that you want it to look like, let go of control, then things just naturally start to happen because the heart of the matter comes out and it's no different with God. When you stop chasing after God's hand and his and, and start, oh, I've got to know the will of God. I've got to know what he wants me to do. I've got to wake up and find out the day's day. And you just go, God, I want to fall in love with you. God, I want to know your presence. You know, we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you're welcomed here. When we make that the, the purpose and the draw of our life, it is amazing how all those things, and we re- talked about it last week, Matthew 6, 33, where it says that, that when you make the kingdom of God first, all the little things start to fall into place. It's not about you. It's about the, the purpose and presence of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says this, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Our goal, so if you ever wanted to know your whole purpose in life, your number one purpose in life, I'm going to answer that right here and right now. This is life's 101 biggest, what is my purpose? To please God. And when we do that, it is amazing what God does in our life as our aim is to please him. The things that we struggle with, the, the, the pains and the hurts that we hold on to, the addictions and struggles that, that haunt our life, it is amazing when we put God first what he will do naturally in the course of being in relationship with him. And so many times we come to church or we come to God and we say, God, I just need you to do this. I just, I just need you to, to fix this problem. I need you to take this addiction. And he's like, well, let's hold on. Will you get to know me first? Will you get to know my heart? Will you stop worrying about all of those things and will you just pause for a moment and will you worship me? Will you give me the glory that I'm due so that I can work on you secondary? See, your good is secondary to God's glory. So it isn't about what feels good, which I know is contrary to a lot of what we hear. It isn't about what makes you happy. It isn't about what makes you content but it's what makes you purposeful in the kingdom, powerful in his spirit, and joyful in all circumstances. That's what the Bible says. 
The Bible doesn't say, I want to make life easy for you. The Bible doesn't say, John, uh, you know, you come to me, I'm going to pave a golden road for you for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, but listen, there's this too many times in church, this is what we think. If I just come to God, everything's going to lay out perfectly because God loves me. And God says, I do love you. But you are not the focus. I am. And so when we turn church about us, when we turn relationship of, with God about us, which unfortunately we see too many times in church, come to God and he will fill in the blank like he's some magic genie. And I'm saying come to God, period. Love God, period. If he did nothing but save your soul from eternal damnation, that's worth it. If he keeps you out of hellfire and the brimstone, which, which you know, we don't, we don't sit here and harp on because that's the reality of sin, but the reality of Jesus is that he gives us eternal life. But when we focus on him, if he does nothing else for me for the rest of my life, I will glory in God's goodness. It isn't about what makes me feel good because there's plenty of things that God has called me to do that I don't like. There's plenty of things that God has asked me to change about myself that it would have been more comfortable just to hold on to. I mean, you think about it. Anybody in this room that is, that is drawn close to God has said, I'm going to do my best to, to draw close to God. He is naturally going to show you things that you need to let go of. Does it feel good? No. It never does. Because those things are our comfort zones. They're Linus's blanket. Right? I mean, you ever see a Charlie Brown episode where he doesn't have his blanket? Nasty, smelly kid. He doesn't. Why? Because it's his comfort. It's, it's, his, it's, his, it's his, I've got to have it. And so many times we come to church with that same mindset. God, I, I want to be close to you. And he goes, okay, here's the deal. If you want to be close to me, it's, the focus is me. So here's the deal. I'm going to help you draw close to me. And by doing that, I'm, we're going to naturally work on you. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to let go of this. Oh, I'm out. That's my blanket, God. Why you got to go straight for the blanket? Well, let's, let's start with something that maybe I don't have. Like, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't talk about my caffeine addiction, God. <laughs> don't take it personally. Can we, let, let's talk about maybe just like cutting back on the Oreos instead of the caffeine. You know, God, I got, I got an issue there too. We'll, we'll, get my, we'll get my cookie jar, okay? God says you need to cut down your bluebell addiction. Listen, God. Listen. We'll pump the brakes here, okay? How about, how about we work on, 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 on something else? And he goes, no, no, no. You gave me authority in your life. And if, you're, if your purpose is my glory, then as I invite you closer to me, there's going to be some things that he's going to want you to let go. Because it's not about you. Maybe he, he, he starts working on you because as you get closer to God, he goes, man, you got a mouth like a sailor. No offense to any of the sailors in the room. Oh, but God, that's just who I am. Can I tell you that's the biggest cop-out in life in general? <laughs> Say, I don't want to work on myself. It's just who I am. Now, can we just give perspective for a moment? If, if God showed up in human form right here, right now, do you think that any of you would be able to give that excuse to him? Like if he showed up in human form and said, let's talk about some stuff. 
None of us, our first thought is not going to be, well, God, that's just how I, I was, that's just who I am. He's going to go, bull. Maybe not like that, but. Because you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, I created you. I created you. And I didn't create you to stay away from me. I didn't, I didn't create you to not be in my presence. I didn't create you to not understand and know my glory and my presence. And the things that hold you back will be the things that you need to let go of. And sometimes they not, may not be anybody else's sin, but they're sin to you. Maybe it's social media and you're addicted to it. You need to cut it out. Because anything that gets in the way of God's glory is getting in the way of God's purpose for your life. John 3.30, it is necessary for him to increase and for me to decrease. John the Baptist said this as, as Jesus was showing up on the scene. Because everybody thought John the Baptist was like the man. They're like, ooh, you the boy? And he's like, no, 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 no. There's one that's coming that you don't even understand. I've got to decrease so that he can increase. And he says that, and he speaks that over your life. You want God's purpose and presence and, and, and glory in your life? You got to decrease. You got to start looking and saying, God, how can I get some of me out so that I can fill my life with you? And it's not changing your personality. It's not changing who he's created, but it's getting the things that are, a way, uh, that are not of God out of your life so that more of God can shine through. We as the church miss it so much because we are chasing feelings and atmospheres. We're chasing uh, a, a hand of God instead of his presence, his power, and his glory. And can I tell you something? His glory changes everything. I could speak a thousand fancy words and great messages. I could pull in some of the best pastors you've ever, ever even experienced to come sit on this pulpit. But it would mean nothing without the glory of God. It would mean nothing without the presence of God. His glory changes everything. Really, that was the, the whole intent of my message, but there is one other point that I want you to hear. My second thought is this, is that you got to bear fruit. When I say that we've got to let God and, and his presence and his purpose and his power and his, his presence, his glory is everything, then there is an, a natural change in our life. John 15, 5, and then we're going to go to 15, 8. Uh, they go, so John 15, 5, Jesus is speaking. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. We're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So a couple of uh, verses down in 15.8, he says this. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So what does that mean? It means this, that the actions of our life when connected to the goodness and the glory of God's presence in our life, will show other people who he is. Why bear fruit? Because then the world will see the results of a spirit-filled life. And that's what we're here for, to put God on display to the world. Why are churches not filled every Sunday? Because we're not showing enough God. Like, that's the reality. Because if God's glory really filled a room, we wouldn't be able to contain the people that would want to come. 
If God's presence really was, was, was so evident in the church, the local, the big church, not just a church, but the local church, man, people would stop talking about all the flaws that they have. Well, you know, you know, I, you know why I don't go to church? Bunch of hypocrites. Every time I hear that line, you want to know what I, my, my response is? Where else would you like them? Well, I don't go to church because there's sinners there. Yeah! That's the point. Join us, <laughs> the rest of the sinners, saved by grace. I, I'm not special. I just found a purpose in the glory of God. I just found that there is something far greater than anything I could ever create for myself and that it is founded in this amazing loving God that wants so much of him in me that it would change the world. And that's what he's saying. Listen, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And when you're connected to me, you're gonna bear fruit. And the fruit points people back to him. And it's an amazing cycle because when, here's the thing, because God's glory, God's glory, when we think of it, like when we think of it, the focus, if it, and I hate to say it like this, if, if I came in and I said the purpose of Freedom Church is Scott's glory, the problem with that is that there's a reason why a human wants the glory. It's to make themselves feel good. We're bound by emotions and feeling and human mindset. And God is so far outside of that confine because he created all of this. So his glory, the, 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 the graciousness of his glory is that when we are connected to him, he is a good father that naturally pours out his goodness upon us. So I will say this, when I say something like, you need to find the best version of yourself, it has nothing to do with you, and it has everything to do with finding yourself in God. Because when you do that, he's going to start to go, hey man, listen, I think you're a pretty cool guy, but I didn't create you the way that you've made yourself, and there's more in you. Each and every one of you. Each and every one of you have these amazing stories that have partially been written and you tell hold the power of the next chapter. Am I going to allow God to have complete control of my life and I'm going to chase after the glory of God or I'm going to keep doing things my way and I'm going to be partially frustrated because I'm not giving God complete control. Therefore, I find myself frustrated about life and frustrated about this and, and, and I'm not where I want to be spiritually, but I'm not willing to let go of the things that would get me closer to God. See, bearing fruit, it does the things in us that we want God and that only God can do. Colossians 1.10 says this, then the way you will live, the, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you live and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. The, the way you live honors and pleases God and the, and the life that you live will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. That's my prayer for us as a church, as individuals. And I want to know God so much that I grow in him and I get better. I'll become a better person, not because I did it, but because I get closer to God. Can I tell you, I've never gotten closer to God and, and, and felt like he, that I did something wrong. <laughs> like I never got closer to God. I've been like, oh man, I can't believe I got closer to God and I sinned this way. Like that never happens. 
As I get closer to God, God reveals things and he, and he pulls things out of me and he strengthens me. And look, this is what it says. It says, and you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Your growth is tied to the presence in, his, in your life. The how, the fruit, shows off the creator. And what you connect to defines the fruit you will grow. Anybody ever seen like bad fruit on the vine? We used to, in, in, when growing up uh, in Texas, we had a, uh, uh, you could call it a ranch. It was, was what it was. But we had peach trees. Um, ever seen rotten peaches on a tree? They nasty. Little worms crawling out of them. It's nasty. Could you imagine picking a peach off of a tree thinking it's ripe, it's good, you go to bite into it and there's nastiness. Some of you are like, Whoop. And it's the same thing with our life. When your root system, when your trees uh, that, that, that bear your fruit of your life's character and the values of your life, when they are not attached to God, they will naturally grow a fruit that at some point was meant to be sweet, was meant to be good, but you have allowed the bad to overtake it and it creates something that God meant for good that is not now its purpose. And God is saying, I want to be the vine that produces life in you. I want, to be, I want to be the vine that produces joy in you and love in you. The things that you walk through, the hurt that you walk through, that doesn't have to define you. That does not have to be your root system. The pain that you've walked through, the, the sin that you've allowed in your life, it does not have to be your root system that you keep going back to and going, but this is who I am because God did not meant to. Sometimes you need to dig up the roots so that you can plant a new garden and get better fruit. What you connect to defines the fruit you will grow. My last scripture this morning is Matthew 5, 16. It says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God's glory is meant to be shown. It's not meant to be hid. It's not just for Sunday morning like, oh, hey, the kids came to play. Let's show off God's glory on a Sunday morning. It's when you go to the store. It's when you go to your work. It's when you're hanging out with your friends. It's, it's, it's when you go out and live life that, that you, you live in a way that your life is defined by the glory of God. I dare share this story, but uh, I will anyways. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, oh, maybe a week ago, uh, we're at the end of the day, we kind of huddle um, there at the uh, CID department, and we do absolutely nothing, just being honest. Um, we sit there and talk about the day, and we debrief, but there's no, like, there's nothing special going on. And, and right at 4.48 p.m., this is like 12 minutes before I get off, somebody came in that wanted to talk to me. And I was like, dang. And I was sitting there, and we were all kind of in one office, and I said, I knew they were freaking going to do this. Now, my wife hates when I say that. It's, I, I probably shouldn't even say that. My captain looks at me and goes, oh, a pastor just cussed. Looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? He said, you said the F word. Uh, and I looked at him like I was lost. I'm like, what are you talking? He said, I heard it. You said, you, you said the, I said, I said, freaking? He goes, no. No, you said the real F word. And I'm like, 
What in the, and, 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 and it like threw me off guard because you know why? Because, because I'm like, well, I don't know what he heard. And it, it really challenged me to go, if, if, if even those little things, because that's not who I am. So it really made me like, really like my, my, my brain started to really wheels of, of my life. So like, I was like, dang, like I always thought, yeah, there's no big deal with that. But, but my character is found in God. Now, he wasn't being judgmental or anything like that. Matter of fact, he was laughing about it the whole time. But for me inside, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's, I, you could smash my head with a hammer and I wouldn't cuss. It's just not in me. It's not, and it's not like bragging on me. It's because the closer I've gotten to God, I've realized there are certain words that I just don't need anymore. My wife, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, sometimes has told me. When you replace bad words with words that are just bad alternatives, it's the same thing. I really, you know, know, it's amazing when you have kids, right? You know, certain words become bad words. Stupid sounds like an evil word, you know, when you have little kids. Because the first time you hear your your little two-year-old run around and go, you're stupid. You're like, don't say that. Shut up's another one, right? You listen to a two-year-old tell you to shut up. You're like, <laughs> but what does that come back to? Little kids suck in what they hear. Why? Because their fruit is found in the vine of our lives. That's no different with God. God wants to invest and pour into your life so that it just naturally comes out that, that you bear his fruit. So that way when you get around people, you don't have those moments like I had where you go, I, I didn't, I, no, I haven't cussed in forever. Like never, ever. I, I can't even tell you the last time. But if I'm doing anything that is pointing people away from God, even in the slightest bit, then I need to go back and I need to say, God, I want your glory in my life. Because I want to bear your fruit. Because in the same way, I want to let my light shine before others that they may see my good deeds, not to brag on me, but that God may get the glory. We don't serve out in the community for people to go, oh, look at Freedom Church. No, we do it so that people can see God's love, no string attached. We don't ask people to serve here so that we can say, look at how many people, oh, we got 80% of the church serving in places. No, I want you to know the joy of serving people and loving people. And you could call it the last thought. It's really not a thought. It's just my, my, my uh, leaving remarks of how to put it into practice because I believe in practical tips, but I just put it like this. Put his glory into practice. How do we do that? These simple steps. Be intentional. Be intentional. If you want God's glory in your life, it's not going to happen on accident. Stop waiting to trip into God's glory. It's not how it's going to work. So you've got to be intentional. You've got to do things like pray according to his will. That should be a natural prayer in our life. You know, with Mr. Randy, it may sound weird, but um, with, and, and, and I'll, it's the same way I would pray for any one of you if you come to me. I'm not going to try to create a miracle where God doesn't want something to happen. It's not my job. I believe in miracles. And I believe they can happen. And I will always pray for them. But my number one job is, God, I'll pray according to your will. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. So when I pray, I say, God, think about this. How many of you have talked yourselves into buying something you shouldn't ever, that you shouldn't have bought? Come on, I, listen. 
We've all, <laughs> how many have bought a car when you shouldn't have bought in a car? If I had five hands, I'd raise them. Um, you go on a shopping spree and you're like, I'm going to stick to a budget. And then you don't stick to your budget. And we pray, listen, and, and the reason why I say that is because those things are important when we say, God, I want, I want to be a good uh, steward of my money. I want to be somebody who has wisdom. I want to be somebody who is connected to your purpose and plan. I want, to, I want to be a giver. I want to be able to help people out. And he's like, yeah, but every single time that you have the chance to do it, you just go and you don't even listen to me anymore. It's like you have tunnel vision on joy in the moment. And although that could be good, prayer to according to his will is to say, God, is this what you have for me right now? I know people who will live on very little means so that they can give more. Now, I'm not saying that's everybody's plan, but you've got to pray according to his will. And like with Mr. Randy, I'm praying, God, you can miraculously heal him. But if you don't want to, if you don't want to miraculously heal him, but you still want to heal him, I pray according to your will, his healing. Pray according to his will. God, what is it that you would want in my life? And then help me to go after that. Live out his word. Here's my theological help for you today. My one little theological help for you today. Stop making the Bible about you. If you do that, your life will be good. Well, you know, because we, we can twist any scripture we want for your good. Well, I, 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 you know, I know that it's a problem, but you know, King David, he had a, he had a problem too. And look at how he turned out. You're not King David. Right? I mean, I, last time I checked, I'm not a king and people aren't bathing on roofs for me. And so we, we don't have that, you know, well, look at God, God called David a, a man after his own heart after he did all the sinning and murdering and, and bringing, you know, kids into, uh, outside of wedlock and, and look at how he turned out. Yeah, that's great. So does that just give you right to go and do whatever you want because God's going to, no, I want to live out his word. And so I got to ask God, reveal your word to me in truth and in righteousness, and in your will. And so when I read that word that kind of cuts me and says, hey, this is how you become a better person. This is how you become a godly person. I'm going to listen to it. And the last three of those are this, is that you got to praise God continually. I've said this before. Put on worship music when you need to change your perspective, when you need to change your environment, change your mindset. What if you woke up every morning and just said, God, I thank you for this breath. Do you think that would change your whole mindset? God, I thank you for this job. I thank you that I still have $20 in my pocket. It may not 20 the way it used to, but it, you know, it's still 20. It's really easy to find the negative of life. But when we start to praise God for the things that we have, did you know that most of you live within the top 3% of the world? You woke up this morning with a roof over your head, with food in your house, and hot water for the most part, hopefully all of us, uh, in your house. That's better than a lot of people, most people in this world. And so we should praise God continually. And then we should lead others to him. God's glory is to lead others to this goodness. And the last thing is you serve. When we serve God, it falls into place. I promise you, when you put your mindset to say, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to walk in his goodness, I'm going to walk the way that he wants me to, you will start to realize, you know what, man, I'm going to serve you. 
or I'm going to serve in this, uh, in this, and I'm going to serve in this ministry. And you start to realize when you serve others, you start worrying less about yourself. You stop worrying about, you know, all the little things that you're, you're so focused on because you're like, man, I find joy in this moment of my life. I find joy in serving God. I find joy in his purpose for me. Put his glory into action. Don't let it just be something that we say. Let it be something that we live. I put this in this morning as I was driving up to the church. I was thinking about this, and Sharice, you can come up as we end. But I was sitting in my car just out here, and this thought came to my mind. And it's this. Maybe your miracle is in letting your life glory in God. We want him to do, but we want it to be our way and our timing so we can enjoy life instead of for him and to get the glory. Our pastor in California, Pastor Larry Eirich, he got cancer before we even went to the church. You know what his attitude was with cancer? It just boggled me. He said, this isn't about me. This is for others. I'm like, well, it's happening to you. Because his mindset was this, was whether I live or whether I die, I know Jesus. I'm going to be in the presence of my God no matter what. Whether I walk here on earth, I'll be in his presence. And if I die, I'll be in his presence forever. So what I'm walking through isn't about me right now. It's about showing people how to walk through life's tough moments in him. See, when God's glory is the focus of our life, then the circumstances may not change, but the perspective will. That's where we find his miracles. That's where we find the love and the purpose and the plan of God in everything we do. When we stop focusing and going, oh yeah, but oh, woe is me, and oh, is this, and oh, is that, and you go, no, 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 no. Listen, read Paul's life. It's a messed up soap opera. Shipwrecked, beaten twice, whooped close to death a couple of times, had stones thrown at his head. If anybody had any reason to go, woe is me, it was Paul. And he said, listen, I don't do this for me, I do it for him. My challenge to you is, as we look at this summer and we shift our lives this summer, what if we said, you know what? My circumstances don't have to change. I'll change my position of my life to be in his glory. That when the tough times come, I'm going to find myself at the foot of the cross saying, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? What can I learn in this moment? How can I get closer to you in this moment? Maybe for some of us, it's, it's finding ourselves just sitting at the cross and saying, God, what is it that I need to let go so that I can be closer to you? So that I can grow and be better and better in him. Let's pray. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, man, I just, I want to know his glory. If that's just you, I just want to pray for you. We just, if that's you, just go on. I just, I want to be closer to God. That's, I just, that's my desire. I just want to be closer to God. Will you pray for me, Pastor? Would you just lift your hand? Amen. Amen. Sometimes we don't know the first step, but the first step is, is simply just admitting, I need to be closer to God. I want to be closer to God. 
God, I pray for us that as a church, that our heart would be that we want to draw closer to you. Purpose and our plan isn't to just wake up, go through life, do our job, make money, do it all over again. But it's to find your purpose within your presence. The good and the bad, that we would rely and lean into your, your will and your heart and your love for us, that it may forever change how we live. It would change how we make decisions. It would change how we speak to people. It would change the very nature and actions of our life. We're not going to let our past and our struggles and our pain dictate our future. We're not going to allow those, those sayings that we just relentlessly say, well, it's just the way that I am. We are going to actively pursue your glory. Father, that's what we ask today. We don't ask for your hand. We ask for your presence. That we would be found in the goodness of our Father. Reveal yourself more to us, Father. Reveal yourself to us. God, I pray that every day we wake up and we just, we do that. God, that we would be intentional with our life. We would pray according to your will. God, we would find ourselves living out your word. God, praising you continually. Serving others. Jesus, have your way in our life. We love you and we thank you. And God, we pray miracle movements in our life. Not that you would show off, but that you would show off through us so that your glory could be received by others. We thank you, Jesus. And in your precious son's name we pray. Amen.